A dear friend of mine um, passed away on Friday night. Uh, he was a young priest in Albuquerque, actually. He died in a car crash uh, on his way to, um, to a sick call, or back from a sick call. Um, I say this not only to ask prayers for the repose of the soul of Father Graham, but also because it made me reflect a lot on life on what the point of life is, but then also what kind of life the Lord wants to give us. Because it's moments like those, and all of us have been touched in various ways by families or friends whose biological life was cut shorter than we would have expected. And it forces us to think, is that the peak? The summit of the kind of life that God wants for me is just the fact that I have breath in my lungs and blood in my veins? Or was I made for more? Because we see in moments like this that biological life isn't that long. It's pretty fleeting. It's a great gift. But it's not eternal. And so we ask ourselves, is that the only life that I have, or do I have another life within me? Because that's what the Holy Spirit is. It is divine life infused into us by grace. That's the life that lasts eternally. Right? Not the life that can be taken away like that. It's the life that can only be taken away by sin. But it can be given back by grace. So easily. And so what we reflect on every Pentecost is that God wants to give us this divine life. He wants to give us a life that endures beyond death, but he wants us to welcome that life in. And so the reason why today is so joyful is that God freely gives us that divine life in the Holy Spirit. He wants to pour it out upon us. If only we will welcome him. Right? There's that beautiful sequence that the church has us say today. Where it it, it speaks of the Holy Spirit as the soul's most welcome guest. Sweet refreshment here below. All that we need to be able to get through the difficulty of life. But not just get through it, but thrive within it. To be able to take on life's challenges And not only barely survive them, but triumphantly overcome them. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to be for us, but only will be if we invite Him in more deeply. Right? There's a beauty in the Feast of Pentecost in that it was a Jewish feast day long before it became uh, our Christian feast. Right? Pentecost just meant 50 days after. 50 days after what? For us, it's 50 days after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But that day of the resurrection coincided that first Easter Sunday with a smaller feast for the Jews called the Feast of the First Fruits. Right? That was the day on which it was right after the Passover. And it was the day that the young Jewish boys and girls would run out into the fields and they would be in search of the first shoot of some life springing up after the winter, 
It was meant to be this springtime feast. And once one of the children was able to find something, at least one little sign of life, they would bring it and show that these are the first fruits. We give them to God. We thank him for them. And then 50 days later, there was Pentecost, which was the day when we could see that from that one first fruit, we're already seeing much more life, much more that we will be able to harvest. And that's indeed how it is for us with Pentecost. Because that Easter Sunday, something incredible happened, right? Jesus Christ rose from the dead, right? We saw divine life with our own eyes. We saw that life that conquers death, and it was glorious. And he shared it with those apostles, right? We read in our gospel on the evening of that first day of the week, right? That first Easter Sunday, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Right, those were those first fruits, that tiny little shoot that we showed to the Lord and said, look, where there was death, you brought life. He shared his spirit with the apostles. And then 50 days later, there was an even deeper outpouring of that Holy Spirit. That which was given was activated. And we have that exact same dynamic in our lives. We were given the Holy Spirit at our baptism. We have divine life within us, but we act as if all we have is this feeble little biological life. Our Lord wants to activate it. He does so in the sacrament of confirmation, but even then, very often, we have that great joyful day and then afterwards let it sit latent within us. But our Lord wants us to live lives of divine life, not just biological life. And so today we ask of him, Lord, what you did in those apostles, where even though you had given them the spirit before, you activated it more deeply when they were ready, Lord, I'm ready. Lord, activate that spirit within me so that to the world that desperately needs you, I I could be actually a member of your body. Transform me more and more into being your instrument out there, because I don't want it to be that I just come here have my Sunday nap when Father's preaching and then go back outside and repeat it next week. No. I want to be transformed every week more and more and more into your instrument, this instrument of your love out there. And that'll only happen if we're open to the Holy Spirit. Right in that second reading, we made it very clear Paul did when he said, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Even just that proclamation here, we can't do it. We can't really believe. We can't really pray. We can't really serve unless we have the Holy Spirit filling us, allowing us to do that. So final thing, what are some practical ways to be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, first, you have to kick sin out. Right? Sin and God are like oil and water. And if we cling to one, we can't cling to the other. Does that mean that you can't have God working in your life if you still struggle with sin? No. But if you still cling to sin, 
If you refuse to even fight that battle, if you say, no, 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 I love this a little bit more than I love God, I'm sorry, you're leaving no room for the Holy Spirit. But if you have the courage to say, I know this is a tough battle. I know that I have this inclination toward this sin. I know that I've struggled with it my whole life, but I'm willing to stay on the battlefield and keep fighting. Oh, the Holy Spirit can bring you victory. If you have fallen into that sin, whatever sin it may be, and you realize that you've separated yourself from God, God, by the Holy Spirit, can bring you right back in a sacramental confession. But then, that Spirit doesn't just come once and stay untouched. Right? We need to ask for the Holy Spirit to come and renew us day in and day out. It's not a one-and-done type of thing. And so, as we fight with sin, as we try not to love sin more than we love God, we try to grow in our love for God through that daily conversation that is prayer. So that today, as a community, we proclaim, Lord, send forth your Holy Spirit upon me every day personally. When we're in difficult moments, the moment that we rise and before we go to bed, at various points throughout the day, even the simple prayer of, Lord, fill me with your Spirit can work wonders. And so we ask for a greater relationship with that Holy Spirit. That by that Holy Spirit, we may be filled with more than just our biological life, but with that divine life that endures unto eternity. And that with the days and months and years that we've been granted on this life, we may live not just our own little lives, but live the very life of God, serving as members of the body of Christ, a world that desperately needs his love.